Well, hello, everyone. <laughs> I guess I will introduce the podcast. <laughs> it's the Fantasy Finish Line podcast presented by Drink5.com, episode 18. I'm calling this That Mahomes Guy, He's Fitz Magic. Good morning, children. Welcome to school. All right, so this is the Fantasy Finish Line featuring Jason and Dave. We're here tonight. Say hello, my friend. We are friend. here. Hello, my friend. We made it. We did. We're back for another season of uh, Fantasy Football Podcasts. Uh, I have had a great time watching the first two weeks of the football season. I'm sorry to all of you who are starved uh, to hear our voices, but we're back now. And we hope that you are sated at least a little. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll give you all the details later about all the things you can check out, but we're going to jump right into it. Um, I know in the previous years we've done some news, et cetera, at the beginning of the broadcast, but we thought perhaps this year maybe we could just uh, intersperse it with within uh, all of the rest of the info. There's all kinds of news, but what I want to know, Dave, is when was the last time we did a show where the title player, one of the players in the title of the episode, was a free agent everywhere? Well, I don't know about everywhere now, but certainly last week. He's uh, still a free agent in our Drink 5 League, believe it or not. I would say that... The highest scoring player in the league. And we're talking about uh, Patrick Mahomes, of course. But the, the issue there, right, is that some people don't really know what to make of it. Um, right. You'd think that last year after Deshaun Watson exploded onto the scene, that people would immediately grab up a quarterback that scores that many touchdowns that quickly. And nowadays, you're getting a lot of these quarterbacks that come from college, and in this case, he got a whole year of preparation, which is ideal, which never happens anymore because the, the main guy always... Uh, you're talking about Mahomes now. Yeah. The other player in our title. Well, I, I did say Mahomes. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed... Mahomes. He's just doing research on uh, on later uh, later items of the podcast. Right? Well, I wanted to make sure that we didn't <laughs> jump too far ahead. No, but but you're right. So so this is a guy who has done really well so far, and uh, there's there's not really a big reason for him to slow down. I'm sure we'll ch- talk about it later. But yeah, we'll definitely touch on the Chiefs in a little bit. You should have him. Uh, and even in one quarterback leagues, he's outperforming all the quarterbacks. So why do you not have him? If he's available in your league, right? Grab exactly. Him, grab him up. Yeah, so Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, definitely a decent pickup. That's the wizened, sage wisdom of this podcast. Pick up the guy who just had six touchdowns. Search for Ryan Fitzpatrick McGregor. <laughs> oh, no, I'm talking about Fitzpatrick. I no. think Mahomes is owned in more leagues, probably. Well, I See, I, I thought you were talking about Mahomes this whole time because you never said Fitzmagic. I, I, it's all Fitzmagic. Dude. What if we do the whole podcast not knowing who each other is talking about? That won't be confusing at all to our audience. That will be great advice for <laughs> someone out there. Someone will interpret it in the, just the right way. I guess the answer is this, and I think you'll probably agree, which is that both Mahomes and Fitzpatrick are absolutely pick-up-and-play nows, unless you've got a, you know, a Drew Brees or an Aaron Rodgers that you favor. But, but regardless, there, there's more of an expiration date on a Fitzpatrick than a Mahomes. Absolutely. <laughs> but you know, sometimes, sometimes uh, you, you can drink the milk or, uh, or eat the brownies a couple weeks after the expiration date. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens to Ryan. 
Uh, but tonight, sometimes it's a hell of a trip. Tonight we're gonna go through uh, all the teams or what we can what we can go through and not not really talk about everyone, but just a couple things uh, that are newsworthy, fantasy worthy, waiver wire worthy, uh, and some fantasy value conversations, which are which are becoming my favorite. You know, mm-hmm. um, instead of doing segments, let's let's just put everything into uh, into these little conversations. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with the American Football Conference, or for the uninitiated, the AFC. The AFC. Cheers, everybody. So I assume we're going to start with the first place New England Patriots? Nope. It's the uh, first place Miami Dolphins, in fact. Oh, I thought you might have misspelled Patriots here on the sheet. It's not, it is in fact the Dolphins, though. Not the Miami Patriots. Wow. Uh, so, so these that, guys. That's where Belichick is going to retire with the Miami Patriots. <laughs> so, so two and O Dolphins. Uh, just hitting some quick points. Devontae Parker uh, still not active. Uh, do you think the Dolphins are, are moving on from him in general? Because they do have a, a whole bunch of receivers out there already that are doing well with Tannehill. Uh, and is there a reason to try to get Parker more involved? I've heard some whispers that he might end up getting traded, just like uh, Ajayi did last year. I've had a the troubled relationship with Devontae Parker in my fantasy career. Um, he was one of the first players that I, I eyed to develop in a dynasty league, and it really isn't working out. And uh, I think the Dolphins probably feel the same way that I do about him. They which have is, him on a dynasty league? Who cares? The, the Dolphins are a dynasty team, after all. <laughs> they all are. Um, but, you know, I, I don't see Devontae Parker making an impact this year. He is healthy. Uh, last week he was a healthy scratch. Uh, he is practicing. He, you know, maybe he makes it in the lineup. I don't think he really has a chance to do anything unless somebody else has an injury above him. So I think it's more likely he gets he gets traded uh, because of the reasons you suggest. Okay. Uh, it's for like a defensive player or a second or third round pick or whatever they can grab for him. Uh, but that's good for you and all those people that might own him in Dynasty because it's just not working out with the Dolphins. Heck, sure, maybe, I would totally uh, be down to wait him out in a fresh start. Maybe he'll go to Dallas. Maybe but he'll go to Washington. There's a lot of teams that are needy for uh, for a good receiver. Just this morning, I'm thinking he's the Kevin White of Miami. Oh no, that's that's bad news. But for isn't Parker. it isn't it almost there? Like he's 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 one year behind Kevin White. Well, he did a lot more than Kevin White did because Kevin White did nothing. Devontae Parker has not really done any been relevant ever. But better than Kevin White. <laughs> I I would argue that worse than Kevin White because Kevin White everyone has known not to draft him. Devontae Parker has been drafted almost every year. People are just wasting their picks on him. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Wasting roster spots. We're talking about other wide receivers on the team that are valuable. Kenny Stills has been a big part of the Dolphins' offense and uh, really connected with uh, with Ryan Tannehill. Or is that the other way around? Um, I believe that the connector is the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> so so here's a guy who uh, is, is owned in a lot of leagues. If he's not, he should be picked up. And I think he'll continue to pick up steam as the year goes along because it looks like the Dolphins are, you know, putting one and one together and coming up with a number that is uh, is an accurate it's two number. And oh. They have defeated, now don't get your hopes too high, the Tennessee Titans and the New York Jets. Coming up next, the Oakland Raiders. So 3-0 and oh for the Dolphins for sure. There you go. Kenyon Drake uh, was uh, another guy who was drafted pretty highly in uh, in most of the redraft leagues, and he's actually done pretty well, but he has been splitting carries with Frank Gore, so kind of limited by uh, Frank Gore's refusal to retire and to, you know, to go gently into please, that. Yes, event. please read it that way, because he is totally, like, 
you know, Winston Churchill would love Frank Gore. <laughs> a thousand yards a year, no matter what. Yeah. But I don't think he'll hit a thousand this year. I think Kenyon Drake is clearly the guy. Uh, yeah. But they're going to use Gore as long as he's available to run through the tackles. Yeah. I mean, Gore is still going to get 10 carries a game, probably. Let's talk about the uh, New England Patriots. Flash! So, Josh Gordon uh, clearly was, was just uh, traded recently uh, to New England. And the question here is, uh, for those of you that have him on your rosters, you should obviously you should hold him because you, you don't know what could happen. Dropping Gordon at this point and having him turn out to be uh, just a, a fabulous, uh, long, deep, wide receiver for uh, Tom Brady would be devastating to your team i would be fine with trading him if people are interested in him well, and making you offers it's a I hold would... or a trade right you're Absolutely. not dropping him from no, no no don't drop him. this is good news not bad news he has fantasy value dave he has perceived value even if he has little production yeah and and i think jason and i would both agree that here's a guy who uh is probably not going to turn around and give you good production but it's just something that you should use while you have it uh, so I would agree with trying to trade a Josh Gordon right now where he may have the highest value that he has all year. Um, the backfield is as jumbled as ever there with Rex Burkhead back healthy. Of course, James White is picking up PPR points left and right. Uh, you've got other guys on that squad. I think they have 48 running backs. Um, so it's, it's, it's very difficult to pick one. Yeah, they have three running backs uh, with carries. They all have at least nine carries or more. The guy with nine is James White, who's obviously... Uh, producing a lot he's got 20 touches um so they as as they normally do they're spreading the ball around an awful lot in new england and it's going to take a little while for a guy other than grok to emerge i think uh, except for when uh what's his face comes back edelman i think burkhead is clearly the guy who they're going to go to they've they've demonstrated it in the past when he's healthy that you'll get touchdowns from him and the funny thing about the Patriots is that there haven't been a lot of uh, goal line rushing touchdowns over the past couple games. But, of course, they'll, they'll pick it up, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, the, the guy that they had for that was Jeremy Hill, and he's out, out for the season. Um, but everyone on their team right now is a plotting plotter. Everyone on the team is at, who was a running back is at 3.6 yards per carry or below. And that's really, you know, that's not going to be good enough for Bill Belichick. I, I think that Sony Michelle is probably... Uh, the biggest candidate to get an increased role, right? Yeah, I don't know. I still think it's, it's tough to say. I think it's Burkhead that comes on top. But the point of this is that you probably shouldn't play any of them uh, unless one person really does rise. And even at that point, the New England backfield continues to be as uh, as jumbled and chaotic as it ever was. Uh, Chris Hogan or Philip Dorsett as the New England wide receiver to have while Edelman is still suspended. I like Hogan. He did well last week. The, the question is, uh, with Edelman coming back after week four, um, is Philip Dorsett going to step up? Is Josh Gordon going to step up? Or is Chris Hogan still to play there? Philip Dorsett uh, has 12 catches for 110 yards and a touch on the year. Hogan does have two touchdowns, but he only has four catches on 10 targets uh, for 53 yards. So uh, it does seem like Dorsett is probably going to be the guy over Hogan for now. Um, I don't know... Which one of those guys is filling the Edelman role, though? It's I H suspect it's Dorsett. It's Hogan. Hogan seems to be a guy that goes deeper. He has 13.3 yards per catch this year, and Hogan's un or Dorsett's under 10. We're going to have to place a bet on those two guys. The, the problem with this, again, is that is are these really guys you want to play on an every-week basis? So, so what I'm saying, the way I see this is Dorsett maybe for the next two weeks, and then Edelman's going to sort of 
take a lot of that work, and Hogan's going to be the third you know option there in the receiving game. So I feel like you take the guy that scores touchdowns, obviously has the trust with Brady, uh, and it's proven to be him. But I do think that the New England in general – uh, over the past two games has not really shown uh, the cards that I think they still have. I don't think that there is good. All right. Well, I'm going to send that <laughs> little audio bit to Bill Belichick, and uh, he'll probably send you a nice gift in the mail. Yeah, he's going to listen to my voice cracking and uh, tremble in fear. No, that nice gift is is uh, like 12 wins in a row or something. Uh, well, <laughs> they're going to win, uh, what is it, at least 11 games is what he always wins, 10 games? I think so. Let's talk about the Jets. So I don't have a lot here, but uh, Quincy Nunwa, who has been good and coming on over previous years, is clearly Sam Darnold's favorite. And the question is, does that put Robbie Anderson on the shelf? Because Nunwa is coming, uh, becoming the guy who gets all the passes in that game. And he's even getting uh, some touchdowns, etc. So with Robbie Anderson's role being the the guy who gets his really long touchdowns, Sam Darnold uh, is, a, is a new quarterback there, and it seems like Anunua is the favorite. So I, I've picked him up in a lot of leagues where he was still available. I don't know why. Who? Anunua. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why he's still available. So if he's out there, grab him immediately, especially in PPR. I feel like this year, more than any other that I remember, at least in recent memory, there's been a lot of people who have been receiving 9, 10 uh, receptions per game, which is insane. Yeah, so Anun was at 13 catches on the year, 21 targets, uh, which dwarfs anybody else on the team. Actually, though, Terrell Pryor um, it has 11 targets and 7 catches. He's almost the deep guy over Robbie Anderson, which I'm a little surprised at because I figured that would have happened last year if, you know... It, if that was the case talent-wise between the two guys. So I'm not really sure why Robbie Anderson isn't really connecting uh, with the new quarterback, but obviously we see that all the time. When a quarterback is replaced, especially uh, with a backup, you always see like a, a very stark difference in their target preferences. Quincy Anunua is clearly the number one preference for Sam Darnold. Um, and it looks like Pryor might be number two for the long game. So I'd agree with you. Uh, Pryor and Anderson are splitting those those long targets that used to go to Robbie Anderson, which is why I think that both of their upsides are limited and capped, uh, whereas uh, Anunwa is the guy. And, and so that's going to be tough for some of those people that drafted uh, Anderson for upside because I don't expect him to have those games, at least not as often as he used to have them. Yeah, I mean, Anderson is even behind, like, Bilal Paul in terms of re the receiving game. The Buffalo Bills are a team with a rookie quarterback, uh, no special wide receivers to speak of, and an injured veteran running back. So, Is there anything special about this team to talk about? Moving on to the AFC North. <laughs> Hey, yo, <laughs> I, will I will tell you this. Uh, I think we'll have to be a bit quicker. So I'm going to try to uh, go through it. And No, teams like the Bills we don't need to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> the Bengals. Bernard is the guy to own. Mixon is out. Uh, it's funny because a lot of people were comparing Mixon to Bell, and I could see some of that um, elusiveness. And, and uh, He's clearly watched him. He likes to do the sort of pause in his run. Well, it's really, if you have a good offensive line, you can, you can wait. It's yeah. not. It's not that Bell does that for a living. It's that if you have an offensive there's line, there's nobody in the backfield to bother him. That, that allows you to do that. You can right. But I think uh, Bernard is now top ten in PPR every week that Mixon doesn't play. And I would be suspicious 
of, of Mixon for the rest of the year because these kinds of injuries can linger. I don't think that it's going to suddenly be back to 100%. He might be one of those guys that kind of is in and out uh, throughout the year. Yeah, that's a shame because I think he's important to uh, the Bengals' offense sort of working correctly. Um, you know, they need a good running game. They've shown that they cannot carry that team on a passing game alone. Mm-hmm. So Giovanni Bernard is a great change of pace guy. I, I'm not a fan of him as the starter. However, he will get enough work to be fantasy relevant. So make sure that he's picked up in your league, stuff like that. Well, whether or not you're a fan, he is the starter. <laughs> I know, but I just don't think that he, you know, that's not the ideal role for him. That's all. No. Uh, Andy Dalton and A.J. Green have already had their best game this season. I don't think Andy Dalton has, but I think A.J. Green has. He's going to have a better game than he just had? Sure, why not? Let us know the stats that he, he pulled up uh, on that. On that on this last uh, Thursday night game? Yeah. Yeah, so on Thursday night against the Ravens, uh, he had 265 yards for four touchdowns. I think he could have another four-touchdown game with three or 400 yards easy. Oh, Andy. I well, mean, he was four, <laughs> 24 for 42. He was not that efficient. He was only 57% efficient. He had a higher passer rating in the first game. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my money up. Uh, that's that's I think uh, Dalton and Green have both scored their most points. That said, in in regular leagues, like you know, nobody's playing Dalton anyway, so it's just a fantasy. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, six touchdowns to one pick is a very good look for Andy Dalton. Tyler Boyd is the number two for now. He's been doing pretty well there. Um, we don't know if uh, if someone else will develop, but right now that's the guy, and it's a pretty good guy to have. Uh, especially in games that are going to be close or or coming from behind by the Bengals. And so Tyler Boyd, you can expect at this point to have five-plus receptions, which is great as a PPR guy, uh, just on the dot. Yeah, not what I expected to be, like the guy opposite Andy, A.J. Green, but instead of... You know, instead of putting a guy on the opposite side of the field as Andrew Green, they found a slot receiver that's dangerous. And I suppose any sort of second option in the passing game is going to benefit everyone involved. Yep. Baltimore Ravens. John Brown is finally the man there. Uh, remember uh, on previous teams, such as the Arizona Cardinals, he was always a guy that would, would show up, put up a bunch of stats, and, and then kind of fall back into the woodwork, especially when he was having injuries. Yeah, or, he'd always had the occasional big game, and that was about it. Or other issues. But he is the main guy there now with Crabtree kind of soaking up targets as a possession receiver, but not being a, a real fantasy-relevant guy unless you're stretching for a flex. I want you to guess who on the team has the most receptions for, the, for their receiving core. Buck Allen. For the receivers. Buck Allen does have the most catches, but he's a running back. Uh, I, I don't know the answer. It's Willie Sneed. There you go. I don't know that anybody expected that going into this season. <laughs> and John Brown does lead the team in yardage, um, but they really spread the ball out uh, to this passing team, you know, to this to all the receivers. There's a bunch of them. Uh, and, and they've played some games where there, there's been uh, a lot of passing. So that's, that's kind of a, uh, you know, something that's happening because of that. But I, I agree, they're spreading the ball around and finally connecting with AJ for his record of three touchdowns ever in a game. He only had two uh, as, a, as a high in his career previously. Yeah, so they have three tight ends. All three of them have, have at least five catches. But none of them are fantasy. None of relevant. them are, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Javorius Allen, Buck Allen, is killing Alex Collins' fantasy value. That's because he is out there. It is. Oh, it's brutal. Getting all sorts of passes and kicking a lot of carries as well in the rushing game. And Alex Collins, uh, as good as he might be, I mean, the you can clearly see that the Ravens were going to use Kenneth Dixon as almost a half-and-half half guy. Last until... year, didn't Collins have a great yards per carry? Uh, don't remember. It's only 3.0 this year. That's just... You know, they, they're not going to want to give him the ball if that's what he's doing. Yeah, so a lot of people drafted Collins. He might still shape up to be somebody, but you should just know that it's always going to be as that RB2 reflects uh, unless he starts getting the lion's share, which I don't really see happening uh, because they seem to be doing okay at the moment. The Cleveland Browns, Antonio Callaway is a rookie. You skipped a team. I'm sorry? Oh, sorry. The Cleveland Browns, Antonio Callaway is a rookie this year who is suddenly getting a big role in the offense because of Josh Gordon leaving and now maybe Landry being out this week. I, I do hear that he'll probably play. Uh, but Landry soaks up all the targets on that offense. So Antonio Callaway, now playing almost all the snaps uh, in a per-game basis, is going to be someone that is startable in fantasy lineups. He's a rookie, though, which means that he's going to have some games where he's covered by a good cornerback and gets nothing. Yeah, I mean, Antonio Callaway looks like he's still being like eased into the team. I don't understand what the Browns are doing most of the time. Um, so, I mean, I look at the stats for the team, and I wonder, you know, David Njoku's got 14 targets on the season, and he has 33 yards. Because he's a tight end, and they're all very small And I don't passes. understand, yeah, I don't understand what's going on with this team. I, I would recommend you look elsewhere for fantasy value, aside from Jarvis Landry in a uh, PPR league. The Browns are actually pretty interesting as a defensive team. They've done really well versus the last two games or teams that they played. And having watched those games almost in their entirety, I can tell you that the Browns defense is going to pick up a bunch of fantasy points. They've uh, they've got a lot of guys now that have been first round, second round picks from the past couple of years, and they've been really good. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Jesse James. Has, has been uh, pretty good, especially this past game. Definitely has. Even with Vance McDonald there, two tight ends, uh, he's been great. But I think personally that that's fantasy fool's gold. James has never really uh, pulled out of, of that ability uh, like a Heath Miller or something to be more of an offensive guy. And having watched those games in their entirety as well, I, I think that it's more of a situational thing. Um, I don't think that you're going to want to grab up Jesse James and play him as your tight end one. But some people will, and I'll tell you what will happen. He'll get two targets, one reception, 15 yards. <laughs> Once people start snatching him up. <laughs> um, and, and we talked about this earlier today off, off, um, off the broadcast, which is, of course, Le'Veon Bell and the continuing saga there, which is basically he's not coming home, uh, at least not in the foreseeable yeah, future. Yeah, fantasy owners don't count on him being on with the team until week 10 and certainly don't count on him playing week 10 and you know don't count on him playing at all really <laughs> wait until you hear something and then that's great aside from that don't assume you're gonna get anything from him uh, there is james connor who is an rb1 locked in and will continue to be for the rest of the season and you you can discuss this as much as you want amongst yourselves whether or not you think that connor is a good football player and i think clearly the answer is above average um, the, whoever you put in there as a starter that gets all of the snaps on the Steelers' offense is going to be an RB1. Yeah, that's been the case for the last several years. So, 
Um, even when it was what D'Angelo Williams running in there when he was at the end of his career, he was still putting up a lot of numbers. Um, the, the thing that worries me about him is, you know, 3.9 yards per attempt. Um, but you know, he's got 10 catches. They've given him the ball 39 times already. So you're going to get such volume from him that you have to start him every week, uh, regardless of, you know, how, you know, how much of Le'Veon Bell you get out of him, whether it's 50% or 80%, you know, 50% of Le'Veon Bell is still a good fantasy player. Well, he was one of the best running backs in week one, and it was in bad conditions. You talk about D'Angelo yep. Williams last year, and, and you said he did okay. I mean, he had games that were 160 and two touchdowns. So exactly. it's really just out of this world good just being a Steelers running back. Yeah. And that's how it's going to be. But when it's all right and you've got Le'Veon, it's 300 yards and three touchdowns. Well, there is no Le'Veon, so you're going to have to you're gonna have to put that in the background. All right. I need a drink. <laughs> He says, come back, Le'Veon Bell. Bell, Bell, Bell. Make Bell. up your mind. <laughs> Decide to walk with me around the lake tonight. Around the lake tonight. By my side. All right, so Where's your next? Break, break into the AFC South. The AFC South. So you got the Jaguars on top. They are 2 and 0. Oh. Um, so Leonard Fournette did not play last week, correct? Fournette's been out. TJ Yeldon's been the fill-in, and it looks like Fournette will still be out, uh, perhaps, but he's been, he's been practicing, or at least at practice. Uh, so I did insert him into my rankings this week. Yep, and then you've got Keelan Cole Beckham Jr., who is making one-handed catches and looking like a WR1, who um, I was kind of predicting in the preseason, and of course we don't have that on tape, but I'm going to take credit for that anyways. Um, he, he's looked really good. Blake Bortles is playing well. The whole team is playing very well. In fact, they look like one of the best, I'd say, two teams in the AFC. Well, I've been a Bortles supporter for a long time, and you know he's been injured with various things over the past couple of years. He's the boat. Still performing well. Uh, but it, but a guy that you know lives on the the beach in Jacksonville and lets people come over to his house and hang out for a while is a good guy. He just did an AMA on Reddit. It's really <laughs> worth reading. It was just very fun. Blake Bortles is totally like a guy that you partied with when you went to college. Yeah, I love Bortles, and and it's not just Cole. Uh, everyone else is putting up gaudy numbers too, but that's because the games have been really good uh, for the Jaguars. And when we see Fournette come back, if he's fully healthy. They'll lean a little bit more on the run. But at this point, uh, I mean, I don't know if they actually do that because things are working out really the well. The pass game is working. This is a team who is spreading the ball around, but it is making a lot of fantasy-relevant players. Five guys on the team, TJ Yeldon and then four in the receiving core, have at least ten targets now. And, you know, they've all got – all those guys have receiving touchdowns. Um, so there's a lot of fantasy value here on the Jaguars. Um uh, and uh, moving on to the Titans. Uh, yeah, so the Titans suck, and uh, Marcus Mariota isn't even playing. This is a playoff team from last year, guys. And they did beat the Texans, who we all thought would be good. But it's the Titans, and I can't think of a fantasy player that you definitely have to start every week. They don't have one. So Corey Davis is a, a flex starter from week to week, especially in PPR leagues, because he's going to score you 10 points at least. Even when it's... Uh, uh, what's his face starting? Who, who started for them last week? It was a, it was a comically bad quarterback. 
Blaine Gabbert. Yes. Yes, even when Blaine Gabbert's starting because he's their number one wide receiver. It's kind of like Kelvin Benjamin. Like, he can be a flex position for you because he's still going to catch passes as a, as a wide receiver one for that team. Even though he's on Buffalo? He's just not a wide receiver one on your fantasy team. Uh, okay. But they're playing the Jaguars this week, so I would stay away from all of them just because the Jags' defense is great and the Titans are not so good. The Titans already have four players that have thrown a pass, <laughs> that have completed a pass. Oh, that's too many. If you have four quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. That's an old saying I've heard. <laughs> uh, so uh, on to the Indianapolis Colts, who I am a little bit surprised at. Um, they played well against the Bengals, who it turns out are probably pretty good. Uh, and then they went on the road and they beat the Redskins. So Luck and Hilton sort of um, looked like they didn't really miss two years of playing time together. Uh, and that was, you know, nice to see, considering I, you know, mopped up Hilton in a couple drafts and... Uh, Stayed the hell away from Luck. And not that he's doing much. He, he seems like the old Luck in that he will throw uh, several interceptions and then be able to come back. Or at the very least, just throw several interceptions during the game. Well, he's the same Luck as far as I'm concerned, having watched uh, some of these games as well. Uh, it's, it's, the same, it's the same scenario, the same strategies. Uh, so I, I think it's just uh, the old tricks. Uh, and him and Hilton have done really well. Something that I think is really interesting about this team is that they have two good tight ends in Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, who they recently received from the Lions. Yeah. And Ebron has been scoring touchdowns in each game and becoming more and more trusted by luck. And uh, I actually have him on a couple teams. You could pick him up for nothing because people are like the number two tight end on a team with a quarterback that just got back from injury. Right. It's not actually Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle was the favorite of whatever backup they had in the last couple of years but not of Andrew Luck. Yeah, well, Ebron is going to be the number one guy there. That's just how it looks right now. Doyle's getting less targets. Ebron's been good. The one thing I'd watch out for, uh, and this is really more of a a pointer for Eric and not the fantasy players, is to uh, stop getting penalties because he has always on the Lions and now in the Colts racked up some penalties. If he keeps doing that, then Doyle will will rule. (laughs) (laughs) Well put. On to the Texans. Um, So... Houston Texans are a very disappointing 0-2. Uh, Deshaun Watson has sort of had his welcome to the NFL moment a little bit delayed. Uh, you know, he's definitely, you know, seeing that it's actually a lot harder than it looked, than he made it look last year. Um, and well, he, now, did, he didn't, like, immediately play at the beginning of the year either. He jumped in the middle. Deshaun Watson got into the end of the first game and started week two. Okay, so he had half a game. It was it was um, Blaine Gabbert starting last year, right? Following Gabbert's a good thing, right? Yeah, and he just was so bad. I remember we were driving home that day, and before we got home, uh, Deshaun Watson had been put in and threw a touchdown, like almost immediately. Well, he it's hard to live up to your previous stats, but but the last game was pretty good, and uh, going forward, they play the Giants in Week Three. Yeah, and Deshaun Watson's numbers, to be honest, aren't that bad. Three touchdowns, two interceptions. Of course, he's not going to be able to do the ridiculous pace of, like, uh, 19 touchdowns in five games or whatever he had last year. But sixty, almost or 59% completion rate, 486 yards already. Um, only two picks. I, I think that uh, he had a rough start and that uh, going home, I believe, this week will really help them. Who do they play this week? The Giants. Yeah, the Giants are a bad team. So Houston's going to be able to pick up a win this week. They've got both of their wide receivers. Um, is healthy the right word? They're playing. We know that much. 
Yeah, and it's important. It's actually a necessity for that team to have both Hopkins and Fuller because uh, both of those guys are loved by Watson. They get tons of receptions, and they spread the defense. They really do. And Fuller catches everything that goes his way. He doesn't get targeted maybe enough. Uh, He only has nine targets in the year, but he's got eight catches, which means that you know they're putting it right in the right spot for this guy, and he's catching long balls every time. Well, nine targets on the year, but he didn't... uh... He didn't play too many snaps last week, right? Um, I don't know. Let's see. For the yeah, because well, he's only played in one game then. Exactly. Yeah? Okay, so nine targets and eight catches for one game is fantastic. Exactly. I was going to make a joke about extrapolating on two games, but if we extrapolate on the one game, he's going to have a great year. That's that's why <laughs> Watson's numbers were so high. If those guys continue to be together and healthy on the field, he will go back to scoring three touchdowns a game. Fantastic. I uh, look forward to losing to someone who has Deshaun Watson playing well late in the year. (laughs) You do. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't wind up with him. No, that's cool. I'm just surprised you'd say you're looking forward to it. I'm being facetious, Dave. (laughs) Let's move to the West where the other best team in the AFC resides. So that's the Kansas City Chiefs. They're playing the 49ers this week in Kansas City. This will be the first chance this season for the Kansas City faithful to welcome Patrick Mahomes, who is clearly uh, the most exciting player in the league this year so far. Yeah, I don't think we have a lot to talk about here. I think uh, that that team is very offensively prevalent. And I think that all of their offensive threats will continue to be relevant uh, with this current scheme. Start all your Chiefs, like most weeks, because they're going to give up a lot of points, so they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and uh, Kareem Hunt are all on their way to top 10 status uh, on the end of the season, along with Mahomes. And when you have a top 10 at each position on a team, you just feast. I love it. Um, so at one and one, you've got the Denver. Or no, sorry. Also at two and zero, oh, you've got the Denver Broncos. Uh, they've looked pretty good. Case Keenum uh, is doing a decent job on that offense. Perhaps showing that he didn't have a fluke season last year with Minnesota. That he's actually you know a respectable quarterback. Uh, the Denver Broncos defense has been pretty good lately. They did have two kind of you know cupcake matchups and. I believe they played the Ravens la- or the Raiders last week and the Seahawks the week before. The Seahawks are clearly bad this year. Um, so the real story, I suppose, fantasy-wise in Denver is the running backs. They've got Rolls-Royce Freeman, and they've got Phillip Lindsay. Uh, Phillip Lindsay playing better than Freeman so far. What do you take on that, Dave? Do you think that one of them is going to emerge or it's going to be a committee? It depends how you look at better, right? So Philip Lindsay is a is a more of a PPR uh, passing back guy, but he's getting some carries as well. I feel like Booker is irrelevant and will slowly be phased I out. I agree. It's just going to be a Freeman and Lindsay committee for the rest of the year, and that's fine. You know, all these teams like their thunder and lightning. Uh, I think that's great. It's not wonderful for fantasy. However, uh, the Denver Broncos are a team that uh, they could have success with both players. Um, the problem really here is that Freeman hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns, and there's not a lot of games that have been played. But no. if each if each of the if each of the guys get 15 touches a game, you know they both have a chance to be fantasy relevant as a flex player every week. So Lindsay's actually leading that touch 32 to 23, and is doing way more with those touches. So, um, 
maybe early on here we could see a lot of work going to Lindsay, but I guess it all depends on how you know game flow, right? There are different kinds of players, and all three people are getting touches, so it it will shape into whatever it turns into for sure. Okay, so uh, Emmanuel Sanders, twenty two targets. Demarius Thomas, only thirteen. Has Emmanuel Sanders supplanted Thomas as the number one target there? He is the favorite target in the offense. Okay, so you know I, I've liked what I've gotten out of Emmanuel Sanders for the last two weeks. Two hundred and thirty one yards receiving already uh, is very uh, good. It puts him in the top ten of wide receivers for sure. Um, so moving to Los Angeles, formerly San Diego, uh, the Chargers are playing their uh, crosstown rivals now, the Los Angeles Rams. I'm still getting used to saying all of this. Um, so uh, aside from the defense, the DST being a little weaker with Joey Bosa out, what you've got there is Mike Williams, uh, who is emerging as a wide receiver target. Uh, obviously, they have Keenan Allen and really no one else who steps up on a weekly basis. So if Mike Williams can be that guy, there is lots of fantasy value there. I think the deal is that they don't have uh, a tight end in Antonio Gates because he's just a shell of himself, and uh, they don't have Hunter Henry, although he'll probably be coming back later in the year. So they need a red zone target. I did not expect he would be coming back this year. He was doing diagonal sprints on the the field last week. I don't think I've ever done a diagonal sprint in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why we're behind the microphone. (laughs) This is true. Uh, but but yeah, so Mike Williams is is stepping up and supplanting those guys that you've heard of before, Terrell Williams, uh, Travis Benjamin. Uh, he's going to be the second guy in in that uh, scheme, and he was drafted in the in the first round of of rookie drafts, you know, last year. So he was meant to be that guy all along. A that's six, true. A six four red zone target that's able to to grab those contested catches. Mike Williams is probably owned in all of your fantasy leagues. Uh, but he's going to become an every-week starter for people. Yeah, 15.4 yards per catch. He's gotten in the end zone already. Uh, that team dropped several touchdowns in week one against the Chiefs. Um, so, uh, you know, they got Phillip Rivers throwing him the ball. Uh, he's got a 73% completion percentage already. Already has 680 yards on the season. They're going to be putting up a lot of yardage at the very least. From the chat room, uh, the game Beersby calls for diagonal sprints, and so Jason has definitely diagonally sprinted. Okay, before. fair enough. I've definitely <laughs> done that. He's uh, he's. <laughs> I do do a cross step in disc golf when I'm driving. He's doing cuts and stuff all the time. He just doesn't realize <laughs> that it's football calisthenics. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad to know that I'm an athlete. Thank you. And the Raiders. Let's chat about them. Uh, the Oakland Raiders are terrible. They're going to Miami this week. They have that classic. West Coast team going to the East Coast has to play at noon. They're just going to be terrible. Um, so I would say start your Dolphins. Not all your Dolphins, but some of the Dolphins. Definitely Drake. Definitely Kenny Stills. Um, Tannehill maybe in a two-quarterback league uh, against the Raiders this week. Um, so um, Marshawn Lynch is uh, decent in fantasy so far, but he's got, what, two touchdowns already this year yeah so the reason why why lynch's stats are what i think uh, of as padded is that he's really only getting those like 60 70 yards per game um in, in limited success versus those defensive lines and of course if the raiders are in a position where they're losing for example uh that first game in week one um no it was it was week two uh, jalen richard uh came up and had like 14 receptions or something crazy but Marshawn Lynch is never going to be the guy for them unless they're winning the games 
And right now, the fact that he scored those two touchdowns are the only reasons why having him on your starting lineup was worth a penny. He's got the attitude, but he's not. He's 32. He's not, you know, the, the whole team is old. Doug Martin's 29. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the rate. I don't know what J- John Gruden is doing. Like, I, I guess I get this team a little bit more than I get the Browns, but I don't. I, I don't see much difference between the two clubs at the moment. Well, uh, Jared Cook's going to be up or down all year, I think, and uh, Amari Cooper, uh, who has been a boomer bust guy as well. It looks like they're finally refocusing on him. This this past game, he had something like 10 receptions for close to 100 yards, and that's what we uh-huh. want to see for Amari Cooper. I think we're going to start seeing that uh, on an every-week basis because that's what's happening. The Raiders are playing catch-up, and that's good for Amari Cooper, which means putting him in starting lineups is actually a good thing going forward. Yeah, I mean, I there's there is fantasy value that you can target here on the Raiders where there may not be on other teams. All right, so that was it for the AFC moving into the NFC, and again, it's I'm going to whole conference we got through. I'm going to try to uh, go a little quicker here because it is tough to go through um, all those. We could teams. just eliminate all the last place teams. Well, <laughs> but then we wouldn't have talked about the Steelers. For some of these guys, you know, we can we can breeze over them a little bit, and that doesn't include the Saints. Um, That's true. Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East. Well. Ezekiel Elliott is pretty much the entire offense. What's interesting is you saw Cole Beasley do pretty well this past week, but I don't think that that will continue on a week-to-week basis. And bottom line is they don't have any good wide receivers or tight ends except possibly for Michael Gallup, but he is not developed yet. He's a rookie, just played his second game, and Dak Prescott is, honest to God, the reason why the Cowboys are not good because he's not a good quarterback. Uh, you're right. Only um, 6.1 yards per attempt. Uh, he's only attempted 35 or 54 passes on the year. Only 330 yards, one touchdown. Like that looks like a bad line from one game. He's just not a good quarterback. Yeah. So they always talk on his national broadcasts about how good he is in play action, but they only wind up running like three or four play action plays a game. So nobody on the team has 10 catches yet. There are people like Prescott that pop up every once in a while that is an athletic quarterback that has a couple tricks, and then they're done forever. So, you know, guys like Robert Griffin III, etc., you know, those things happen. Well, sure, and then, you know, the one thing that I will say is when their line gets healthy, when they're able to put all their offensive linemen back, I think that they're gonna you're going to see a lot of improvement. Just like on the Steelers, the offensive line is sort of the heart of that offense, and they really need to have them healthy in order to do anything right. Yep. The Redskins, the receivers have had a rough start there. But interesting thing about the Redskins, their receivers historically have a bad start. And so I, I would I would expect to see Doxson and Jameson Crowder perform better as the year goes on and the team adapts to what's happening against them defensively. However, right now, they're just not starters and you shouldn't be starting them. Uh, Chris Thompson is the guy that you should be running with and uh, he's pretty much the only guy on that team uh, with the exception of Jordan Reed, uh, who who's uh, you know kind of an every week play, yards per touch for Chris Thompson eight point one. That's great. It's it's so good. 
I, I love this guy in fantasy. Um, you should be starting him every week. Hopefully you've got him in, um, in uh, what you call it, uh, PPR leagues. But he's one of the few third down backs that is worthwhile in all scoring formats. Yeah, true. And he, and he sneaks in for touchdowns, and, and he's just a good look for the team. And AP had a good game. I expect him to have more good games this year, but it's a lot of feast or famine with him. And you're probably going to have to play matchups. No, he's going to fall off. He's, he's, he's an old player who, who will only do well for, for a short time. That's just how it is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've seen this before. I, I know. I, I, just, I just feel like when they play bad teams like the Giants and the Cowboys, that they're going to, you know, Adrian Peterson is going to be able to have 100 yards and a touchdown. Well, maybe. I, I don't like counting on those of, guys, but I, I understand. I mean, I guess it's fantasy football. play matchups and flex and stuff like that. Sure. By weeks, there's going to be all kinds of reasons to start this guy throughout the year. The Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Aguilar is their top receiver, and there's a lot of problems there with receiver. Um, they're going to bring back Carson Wentz and, uh, and, and put, him, uh, put him up as the quarterback. And they also have Jordan Matthews, who they just re-signed. I like Matthews as a difference maker, but he's a generally going to be a slot receiver or a possession receiver, so he may not be anything other than a flex play. But because he is available right now and he was just signed by the Eagles, definitely a guy to go scoop up off your waiver wire if you have some catfish that you can get rid of on your bench. <laughs> uh, Elshon Jeffrey is still injured. I don't believe that the Eagles are going to rest him as long as he needs to. And so I feel badly for his fantasy value for the rest of the year because I feel like he's going to come back unhealthy and he's not going to be the guy who he should be. Do you think that they've done that with Wentz? Brought him back too early? No, I think I think Wentz will be fine. Is this sort of a normal timeline for the ACL? Yeah, I don't I don't see any issues with that. Okay, they're not rushing him back because Nick Foles has been exceptionally bad. Nobody has. He has. He definitely has, yeah. He was a one-trick pony, but it was a good trick. We just, you know, made fun of uh, of Dak for his yards per attempt. Uh, Nick Foles is even worse at only five point five yards per passing attempt. He's just been bad. It's unfortunate, yeah. you know. But they uh, won the Super Bowl, so there's that. The, don't forget the Philly special. <laughs> uh, the New York Giants, Saquon has been good. Otherwise, more of the same. We can breeze past them. If you have Beckham, you play him. Evan Engram has been decent. If you have Barkley, you play him, and nobody else on the team. Well, yeah, Engram. Those those three guys. Uh, nobody else really. Right, it, th- th- that's nice and easy. You're probably going to start those guys every week. <laughs> and then the rest of the guys, yeah, you're just going to forget about it. How about the NFC North? I was expecting Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm kind of just uh, randomly picking these today. Next time I'll pick a song for each team. <laughs> it's the Kit Harrington special. If you want to do like a 14-hour podcast, we can... Uh, we can do 20 minutes on each team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Green Bay Packers at the Redskins. Um, how long will Rodgers' knee injury last? The question here is, does it really matter? Because he's already said he's going to play through it. And looking at uh, his success, regardless of whether or not he's hopping around on his leg, uh, sure, it may not be doing well for him and his future prospects. Uh, but... You know, here and now, Aaron Rodgers is still scoring points for your fantasy team. So you're still starting him as long as he's out there. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers got paid. So there's no reason for him not to try to go out there and do this. Um, The one thing I wonder, and I've heard this talked about here on the radio in Chicago, could this be an ACL tear? Is it one of those injuries where, well, you can't make it any worse, 
but it's an ACL tear, and he's just going to play through it for however long he can. But what I heard was it was a unique injury. Then I heard that this week, and now it seems like they may still be worried about it getting worse. Um, so I think that this is definitely something to be worried about as a Rodgers owner, and you may want to consider um, you know, rostering some sort of backup that is better than a streaming option uh, if you've got Rodgers because it, you may find yourself without him starting. I will disagree. I mean, in a one-quarterback league, there's plenty of quarterbacks out there, as we've seen on a week-to-week basis. There's no reason to just throw a guy on your team. I, I would do that with like a Fitzpatrick if he's still available. Obviously, Mahomes is not going to be available anymore. But um, Well, I have no idea what the timeline is, right? So is Rodgers going to play for four more games, score 20 points a game, and then and then say he can't play anymore? Like At this point, you have to either trust him well, or, or put someone else in. If he's starting, you, you put him in, Yeah, obviously. But what I'm saying is this is a situation that needs to be monitored closely. If you can afford it, I would keep a backup plan. Yeah, I just – I mean, what the backup plan is streaming if it's if it's week to week. I, I don't I don't think you should take up the extra spot on your roster, but it looks like we have a disagreement there. That's totally fine. Yeah. Um, Jamal Williams will probably keep the job, in my opinion. Uh, I know Even some people. Alex Jones coming back. Aaron Jones. Aaron, Alex Jones. Good. That's a much better name than Alex Jones. Alex Jones is a different story. <laughs> uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, a lot of people say he has all the talent in the world. He's he's had some issues though um, uh, on the field, uh, staying healthy. And, of course, the fact that Jamal Williams has done a decent job up till now with Ty Montgomery, and he's better in pass protection. Pass protection and blocking where Aaron Jones is not. And Aaron Rodgers needs it right now. Yeah, there's and, not enough of Ty Montgomery to block people. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, there's, there's not a, I don't think there's a, a, a reason to bring in an Aaron Jones who's not as good of a blocker when Aaron Rodgers has issues with his knee. Yes, he will not be escaping the pocket like he has been in the past. Which means to me that Jamal Williams will keep the job for as long as uh, things are going the way they're going. Yeah. Uh, that said, he's been okay, but not amazing, um, and will probably uh, be getting uh, good rate ratings for your particular fantasy team only in a PPR situation or because he's scoring a touchdown. What do you think about the reemergence of Randall Cobb? Uh, I, I, is it going to last? I don't know if it's a if it's a reemergence, but I guess what you're seeing here is is because Aaron Rodgers is taking a lot of snaps from the shotgun position due to his condition. Uh, Aaron Rodgers historically on the Packers throws the ball out of the shotgun position more to Randall Cobb than any other receiver. Okay, that's good to know. And so I, I, I would guess that's an excellent nugget, Dave. Thank you. Cheers, man. I would guess that it's just what he knows, and so he's doing it. Sure. That said, he knows where he's going to be. Randall Cobb's never been bad. He just he's a weird, streaky player. Isn't he's been he? unproductive yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Jimmy Graham was awesome last week, and I think Jimmy he, G. Oh yeah. I think you can see from the way they're trying to use him that he might be the first tight end on the Packers in a long time <laughs> to actually be used for what he is. And he's also the best tight end on the Packers in a long time, so it makes sense. But they were going for long passes with him. They were going for uh, red zone looks for him. They were yeah. going for you know just easy cutouts to the side with him. He was basically you know uh, one of their best receivers last week, and I think going forward he will be, especially again with this Rogers knee condition where he can't escape. He's going to be looking for that outlet yeah. pass. Plenty of guys with fantasy value on this team. Four guys have a hundred receiving yards or more. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, they're playing the Bills, and I neglected to put on here, I put 1-0 for the Vikings and the Packers, <laughs> one and oh. but they're really 1-0-1. 1-0-1. Yep. 
101. I, I think you did the same thing for the Steelers and the Browns. I didn't. Oh, no, you do have those right. Uh, Dan Bailey, back in business. He is, is being signed because, uh, for those of you who watched the Minnesota Vikings-Packers game, which was awesome last week, by the way. Uh, Unless you're a kicking fan. <laughs> the... The kickers just couldn't cut it, and to be honest, there was a there's a team that I a league that I'm in that has a couple of kickers and defense and tight ends you have to draft, and I was scared that I'd get stuck with uh, uh, Daniel Carlson, I think that's his name from the Vikings, because I just didn't know enough about him. He barely won a kicking battle in the in the preseason to a guy that got cut from several teams last year. Yeah. And I was like, I just don't want this to happen. <laughs> so I kind of knew that he was uh, he was already on the fence before he even started. But he was terrible. So I'm glad to see Dan Bailey back, and I hope uh, he's over his health conditions because he'll be awesome for the Vikings. If the he is. second most accurate kicker in NFL history. Yep. I, I don't understand how he's a free agent when teams have bad kickers. And, to con- and he's not anymore, but... To continue our good quarterback story, there's a lot of them so far. Kirk Cousins has been awesome in the North, and the Vikings are a scarier team because of it. Uh, sure, but and then we'll get to it, but the Vikings may no longer have the scariest defense in the division. Yeah, well, the Bears have to score points to be too scary. Oh, God. <laughs> are we going to move on to them now? Yeah, so so my, my number one note here is that Trubisky is a bad quarterback. Trubisky is a young quarterback who is learning and is playing badly. Oh, are you meatballing over there? I'm trying to be realistic, Dave. He's a terrible quarterback. He was bad in year one. He's worse now. Uh, you know they have more weapons all around them, and he's throwing picks. He's he's running around when he shouldn't. Uh, he's not a good quarterback. However, you're right in saying that he hasn't played many games. He only played 13 in college before he even came to the NFL. He's improved this year. His completion percentage is almost 70 percent, as opposed to just under 60. Um, I just I talk to people who who tell me that he's a good quarterback and he just needs more time. And my question is. How much time is that? How much time do you need? <laughs> I would say more than two games in a system that's actually trying to develop him. I feel like last year they almost deliberately did not care about his development. Without talking too much about the Bears in general because we both live in Chicagoland, I will agree that the Bears are much improved. Uh, but there's a couple things here uh, in that Trubisky is not a fantasy-relevant quarterback. No. He's a terrible fantasy quarterback. Correct. And Tariq Cohen will never be fantasy-relevant. He is a gadget guy who is not as good as the gadget guys that are fantasy relevant. Yeah, that offense really needs to be clicking in order for Tariq Cohen to have big games. No, because Taylor Gabriel is a better gadget guy than Tariq Cohen. Okay. They, okay. There's just not enough room in that offense. <laughs> no, I see. I totally see that. I do. I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, I never thought of it that way, but you're right. Taylor Gabriel is a way better replacement, um, which would make Tariq Cohen then just a third down change of pace guy. And if he's not a great blocker, then it's going to be all Jordan Howard. And he's even less than that. that's what they need to do. Because now Jordan Howard is catching passes, which means that Tariq Cohen doesn't even come in for those downs. So basically, he's irrelevant. I have him on some teams. I'm literally dropping him this week. The one thing about Tariq, 13 yards per touch. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> we, well, on thirteen touches. Who, who's our Who's our guy that we that we loved? Uh, I think it just recently retired from the NFL that had like the best yards per per touch ever because he, uh, something Smith. He was on Antone the Bears. Smith. He was on the Bears for a season. That okay. So when when touch I was ball, ranting touchdown. when I was <laughs> ranting to one of my many chat rooms with one of the leagues that I'm in about Josh Gordon about how Josh Gordon has seven games in his career over 100 yards. It reminded me a lot of Antone Smith. And how nobody went crazy over Antone Smith when he had just like 
almost historically good game. That's because everyone knew that if he was tackled more than one time a game, he'd fall apart. <laughs> That's true. Josh Gordon at least seems very durable injury-wise. Except now he has a hamstring injury the moment he went to the Patriots, but yes. I like how they, they reported that he hurt his hamstring in like a media event, traded him, did an MRI on his hamstring, and then set out practices because of his hamstring. Yeah. That's just a Patriots injury report, usual, like, you know, the way they abuse it. So putting those aside, I, I would like to point out two things. One, Allen Robinson has been fantastic, and it's not because of the quarterback. It's because he's one of those guys that's able to get those contested passes all the time because Trubisky needs that guy. Right. If he had a better quarterback, he wouldn't be averaging 10 yards per catch. He'd be up closer to 15. He'd be one of the better receivers in the league right now. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's great, and I think he's showing that. But if he's getting 10-plus uh, uh, targets a game – and that's very fantasy relevant then that's absolutely you know your your wr2 on your team that's fantastic so his his value is up there second thing i wanted to bring up was trey burton who everybody drafted high not just people in the chicagoland area i think he's going to underperform this year i just don't think it's there i think there's too too much going on in that offense with jordan howard catching passes alan robinson taylor gabriel out there Tariq cohen i don't see that upside that everybody told me there was i I think that there's going to be games where he relies on Trey Burton a lot, and he's throwing him, you know, ten targets like he did last game with Allen Robinson. Uh, but perhaps he's confusing him with Michael Burton, who is also on the offense. I just haven't seen it yet, <laughs> so until I see it, I'm 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 in the other camp. Yeah. So I I think the one the one takeaway I get from watching the Bears, you know, was able to watch the entire game both weeks so far, is that the defense is insane. We have Khalil Mack. It's so good, dude. Well, congr- but congratulations, the, you're still going to win six games. The defense or the <laughs> offense it looks like it's completely unpolished, almost unpracticed, and uh, you they'll know, be you, lucky. You know to why win that is a right? lot of games because they have a bad quarterback. They have only three touchdowns in two games on the <laughs> offense, and on the defense, they've given up five touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So they have a lot to work on still. Uh, and even with Khalil Mack, I wonder if my initial prediction of six games is going to is going to hold. I absolutely think the Bears win between five and seven games. I would give them seven or eight and eight, you know, seven and nine, eight and eight with the addition of Mack. He's going to win them games, uh, you know, and I'm no longer worried about them losing to the Lions. Well, stuff like that. We'll see. Talking about the Lions, they play the Patriots this upcoming week in a game that the Patriots should win soundly. However, the Lions have looked good in the passing game because they have Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, and Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Kenny Galladay is a guy that I wanted to touch on because he, uh, you know, what, what do they call him, Minitron? Minitron. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Sounds right. Sure. So, so he's been awesome. Literally awesome. And the idea is to get him to become the superstar on that team. But Marvin Jones is still great. Golden Tate is still great. And Matt Stafford, after having a terrible game against the Jets, one of the worst all-time games that he's ever played, really stepped up in the past week, did a good job, and I think uh, the future is bright for the passing game of the Lions. The nickname is much better than that. It's Babytron. Babytron. I had the idea, but you're right. The Babytron is better. Yeah. So so keep an eye on that. Um, Galladay is a guy who maybe you could... Uh, you can trade for him now before he becomes a household name in fantasy because I guarantee you he will become that. Watching those games, he has been awesome. 
He's that guy that reaches up and grabs stuff that you didn't think was possible. You mean he's making Keelan Cole catches? <laughs> you know, everybody these days is making one-handed catches and stuff, so it's fun to watch. If you can be good at that, then it's harder to defend. James Conner even so made a one-handed not? catch uh, last week, which was which was cool. That was out of bounds, but it was really sick. It was still a one-handed catch. It was very sick. Uh, and then keeping an eye also on Kerryon Johnson, who did very well last week. And we're seeing LeGarrett Blunt and Theo Riddick also get touches. But he might be, and is trending to be, uh, one of the first running backs for the Lions in a long time that could be the guy. It's going to be Carrion and Theo Riddick. LeGarrette Blunt is not doing a damn thing. But this them. is my point. Carrion looking better and Theo Riddick change of pace? Well, on a Detroit team that has such a good time passing the ball, you could see a guy like Johnson actually becoming startable week to week. So. Yeah. Yeah, Detroit's had a lot of uh, bad game flow right now. Um, you know, they, they get out of you know what they want to do, I think. Oh, they've only gotten 21 touches to carry on Johnson. I think he needs to be getting 21 a game, not 21 in two games. And he's a rookie, so they're, they're, they're you know, ramping it up. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the NFC South in Tampa Bay, the home of Fitzmagic. <laughs> so this is going to be a great uh, primetime game, probably the best primetime game so far this year. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be playing the Steelers on Monday Night Football uh, coming up in uh, on the 24th, you know, next week. Anyways. Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Monday is a good way of putting it, Dave. Thank you. Uh, so Ryan Fitzpatrick has been amazing. Uh, anytime a guy can go out on the field and essentially break records and then go into the press conference with the kind of swagger and ease and confidence that Ryan Fitzpatrick did uh, is a team that I am eager to watch all season long. I do think Jason has a crush on Fitzpatrick. I think you're probably right. <laughs> My favorite line from the uh, press conference, he had all the bling on and the jacket, and they said, how much of that is yours? And he said, the chest hair is real. It's Deshaun Jackson's. <laughs> it was all Deshaun Jackson's, yes. <laughs> but he's like, got to be humble up here. And then there was like, who wore it better, Deshaun Jackson or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Um, so let's get back to fantasy football. Uh, what you've got on that team, aside from Deshaun Jackson scoring long-ass touchdowns, is Chris Godwin playing very well. Um I like to see him, Dave. You actually, thank you for the tip. Uh, tip me off to you know go pick him up in a few leagues. I I've heard nothing but great things, and I I drafted him in leagues that you're not in. Uh, sure. <laughs> to well, clear that up. I I drafted him in a couple leagues, and I heard a lot of things um, from Sean Foss, who's our college uh, expert, and also my own research. You know, looking at uh, the tapes on YouTube is a good resource. Uh, resource they always for the rookies that come in. Yeah. They always have those YouTube videos that just show all of their catches over like a long period of time for a whole season in college. And one of the great things to look at there is, are they able to rip that that pass out? You know, those contested catches. That's that's one of the, the big things that I look at for these guys. And Chris Godwin, um, all sorts of, of pundits and uh, analysts are saying it, but he may be one of the, the, the top receivers to join the league in the past couple of years. Buried kind of on the depth chart. Finally coming into it, still performing, even though Mike Evans, who's amazing, and Deshaun Jackson, who's playing out of his mind, is are out there. Godwin is still putting up fantasy numbers. Oh, Deshaun Jackson is crushing fantasy wide receivers right now. 275 yards, three touchdowns. Um, and you got O.J. Howard is playing very well. 
Uh, he's second on the team with 30 yards per catch behind Deshaun Jackson, who is 30.6 yards per catch. Um, so these guys are really playing well behind him. The big worry that I have on this team is that they don't appear to have much of a running game. And I think that's why they, you know, have gone up in these games, but haven't put the teams away. And, you know, New Orleans started coming back. Uh, but Peyton Barber is only averaging 2.7 yards per touch. Jaquiz Rogers is only averaging 3.5 yards per touch. And most alarmingly, Ryan Fitzpatrick has 13 carries already, which means that he is running the hell out of the ball and he's going to get flattened on one of those runs and might just get knocked out. And that's the end of this Fitz magic. Well, I think the Bucks are we trying. We can't have that, Dave. I think the Bucks are trying to trade for a running back, and I don't know who's going to be available. Uh, we'll see. Um, I, I also think that. Oh, what if Le'Veon Bell went there? What oh, if, they're just waiting until after they play the Buccaneers to trade Le'Veon Bell to Tampa. Well, in order to trade him, they'd have to sign him. For right now, we have to we have to say they could, they could arrange a trade, a, a sign and trade. For right now, I think we have to say Le'Veon Bell is not playing football, guys. You've heard it here first. <laughs> Week four, Le'Veon Bell is starting for Tampa Bay. Oh please, <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> So I also have to say that I think Fitzpatrick has done this wait, in wait, years wait. past. We don't want that. I want that. Anybody who's got Le'Veon Bell in fantasy football wants you that. You guys just want him to play anywhere. Of course. <laughs> Why not? Why would you not want the best running back in the league to play? Okay. Let's not talk about Le'Veon Bell. He's not playing football. <laughs> <laughs> He's irrelevant right now. Why must you keep us on topic, Dave? <laughs> So the other thing is Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is a great quarterback right now, is always not a great quarterback shortly after being a great one. So keep in mind that he will peter out and become journeyman Ryan but Fitzpatrick. But then how long does soon. it take to be great again? Um, probably the end of his career at this Ooh. point. But that said... What a, he needs is his sons to keep starting him in fantasy. Well, you know what's going to happen. They're going to say, Jameis Winston, uh, we don't want you to start. Uh, we have Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then Fitzpatrick, that game will just he'll put up like four interceptions, oh. hundred yards, because he'll have, so get one more week out of Fitzpatrick. Guys. He'll have pressure on him, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, That's let's bad news for the Steelers. Let's move on to the Falcons. Uh, yeah, so the Falcons are missing Devonta Freeman, and as frustrating as Freeman is at times, I think you need him uh, to carry the load to make Tevin Coleman actually effective. Oh, Coleman was awesome last week. Yeah, but Coleman can't stand up to a whole season of that. See, I, He's I, not big enough. I disagree. I think Coleman's going to be awesome for as long as Freeman's out. I, I mean, we're not talking about him playing it's 16 not, It's games. only going to be a couple weeks. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it's not. if it was 16 games, I'd be very worried about Coleman. No, it's just Tevin Coleman against the Saints. That's all we're worried about right now, which means he's going to have 20-plus points. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah, Tevin Coleman. Yeah. Um. Calvin Ridley is uh, finally arrived. He was one of the rookies that I noticed in a lot of drafts that people who didn't know anything about rookies would pick up. Uh, it's kind of a big name. He played for Alabama. His brother is Stephen Ridley, right? Or uh, cousin, or he's related. He's got a little bit of football pedigree is what I'm getting there's, at. There's a relation. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, so uh, Calvin Ridley is a guy on the waiver wire. Um, obviously, we're last night. But check and see if he's a free agent. Uh, and pick him up, you know, put him on your bench, uh, hold him for a couple weeks. Uh, I mean, start him if you want to, but, um, you know, don't just give up on him right away because I think that this is going to be a guy that can play opposite Julio Jones, which is something they desperately need. Yeah, they have Mohamed Sanu, and, and he's he's not – or Sanu, but he's not going to be 
the guy unless Julio Jones is out. As a second guy, he's never really a good fantasy right, star. Right, they need a good depth guy. They don't, you know, Sanu is almost gadgety, but they, they don't have Taylor Gabriel anymore, who wasn't enough. Taylor Gabriel was okay in games where Julio was out, but he wasn't enough to play opposite Julio. I think Ridley is a much better talent and certainly can be that guy. Uh, but, you know, we need to see it first, obviously. So he's a breakout target, and, and that's why he's a, a guy to pick up now while you still can. Yes. Uh, how owned is he? Do you know, are you aware? Not sure. Kelvin? I can. I should ask myself these questions quietly before asking them loudly. <laughs> he's only 27% owned in Yahoo. This is after waivers have been pushed through. Go right now and pick him up. You don't even have to claim him. Just pick him up. Yeah. He's free. Drop the catfish. Drop uh, Carson Wentz. Sure. Yeah. I had to drop him. I dropped him this week. Uh, get him out of there. Um, so moving over to Carolina. Uh, they are at home playing the Bengals. Um, Christian McCaffrey is by far the number one uh, running back there. He is going to get a ton of touches a game. Like uh, Le'Veon Bell type of work. They're I, I they're see. trying to give him you know twenty five plus per game, and they are they're not giving CJ Anderson anything, and they shouldn't because Christian McCaffrey is going to win them games. Oh yeah, he is the great white hope. <laughs> sure, he has thirty eight touches already, uh, and he's averaging six point two yards per touch. So it, it's not you know when they're giving him the ball just on the ground, he's got four point eight yards per carry. You want that from any running back, even the best guys is is, is good numbers. So. Um, what I look for is, is Cam Newton playing well? Is he protecting the ball? Um, I don't even care if Cam Newton is running the ball at all. They don't need that anymore because they've got a running back who is dynamic and can be used all over the field. Yeah, he's still going to run the ball, though. So um, <laughs> I, I know he's still going to run the ball a bit. Uh, he has 18 carries for 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so he actually has the same number of carries as Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. But McCaffrey has 20 receptions already. But b- because there are no good wide receivers on the Panthers, um, the McCaffrey and Cam Newton are going to be the only people that score points. Yeah, Devin Funches leads the wide receiving core with 10 catches for 118 yards and no touchdowns. Yeah, so th- they're the only thing scoring points on that team, which is fantastic. Now, uh, they're going to taper out at some point. So my strategy when those kind of things happen, if you see that curve, is always follow them you know, to the end of the line and trade them, right? So play those guys for another five, six weeks. Win your games. Trade them because they're going to get injured. Yeah, is there any sort of replacement on the team for Greg Olson, or does that production just disappear? Um, there is a new tight end that I think they just drafted. Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas. And a lot of people think that he might fill in for the the blanks. But the thing is, tight ends, uh, they do not perform well in their first couple of years uh, as a rule. I would like to see him go down the field. He has four catches for 14 yards. And I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey make up your Carolina Panther fantasy players. Yep. That's all, folks. Yep. Uh, So the New Orleans Saints are currently in the basement of the South. They are going to Atlanta this week. Um, Alvin Kamara is doing all right. Certainly fantasy-wise, he is stellar still. Uh, But I really think that, you know, while he's doing all right right now, that team really misses Mark Ingram. They need that two-headed, like, beastly running game. So they've had other running backs. Um, They drafted a guy. They picked up some people. uh, But they don't trust any of them. 
as much as they did the Ingram Camara combination. Yeah, Mike Gillisley has 12, 11 carries. It's the only guy with significant touches other than Camara. So they're literally making Camara the guy who gets all the touches, uh, just like that Steelers offense and some other ones like that, uh, like the Panthers, etc. But uh, it will definitely be uh, when Ingram gets back, it'll be a breath of fresh air for that whole offense. I don't see any reason why they won't go back to what they did last year, which is even if Camara gets slightly more, Ingram will get almost the same uh, every single game. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, better for both of them. Kamara's got 18 touches per game right now. Uh, I could totally see when Ingram comes back, him getting 15 a game. He's, this you know. is this is one of those things where where people aren't paying attention, um, you know, or you could trade for him, or maybe in some leagues that are stupid, he's even on the waiver wire. A week early is when you pick him up. Don't wait till next week. Yeah, if people are well, are, he's still going to miss week four, right? If you're trying to, yes, if you're trying okay. to acquire him. Uh, in week four, when he starts playing, the price is going to be start too playing high. In week five. So uh, I would say get him if possible. If you have him, by all means, hold on to him because he will be an every week starter going forward. The Saints need that uh, back and forth running game. So uh, the other question is uh, is Ted Ginn, who I who I love, and he's doing really well on that team. And is is he worth starting or rostering? Uh, it depends on on how the offense plays against the Falcons. Um, you're looking for a, a a team to play against that doesn't have a good secondary uh, defensive back, and so I, I believe the Falcons fits that mold. Um, yeah, I, I I like Ted Ginn. I think that he's probably a guy. You, you asked the question: Is he worth rostering? Yeah, I, I think he is definitely going to be started uh, at some times this this year. Um, so. Playing with a guy, you know, like Michael Thomas is just insane. He is on pace for like an absurd year if he were to keep up his production from the first two games. But 28 catches in the first two weeks is really, really good. He's on pace for over 2,100 yards this year, which, you know, neither of those are going to keep up the pace. But let's just say that he's, you know, he's the best player on the team other than Drew Brees. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. is an appropriate song for the division with two truly bad teams but we'll get to those teams in a moment uh we'll start off with the los angeles rams of los angeles who have a 2-0 record they're gonna be playing the chargers this week um you know at home ish uh so the rams are very good todd Gurley is <laughs> great um but the main question on this team as last year was who in the wide receiving court can you actually rely on so there's Robert Woods and there's Cooper Cup. Dave, you can only have one of them. Who are you taking? Well, let's say, first of all, that uh, the person who's not even in the question wasn't on the Rams last year. Who's that? Come on, you got this. Um, he was on the Patriots. Oh, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, he's been awesome. So you're right, Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, and that's that's a tough I think, question. I think I think Wood, Cooks is, is certainly the first guy, but, you know... If you can have one of the other two. Oh, no, I agree. That's exactly what I was saying. Sure. Okay. Uh, so I think Cup is is a guy who last year, for example, was just an awesome uh, PPR guy who was going nuts and catching all these passes. Uh, but they also had Watkins. And if they replaced Watkins with, with Cooks, who is a different kind of receiver, uh, he's getting more targets. They're taking them away from Cup. 
Yeah. And so I think Cup's relevance as as a fantasy starter um, it lessens a little bit because uh, the the reason he was so good is because of the the volume of targets. So I think Woods can do more with his targets than Cup can. Therefore, I would say the guy to own that is not named Brandon Cooks is Robert Woods. That's that's fine. Um, yeah, they they all have like very good numbers. Cup is a little more efficient, um, but Cup isn't doesn't have the upside that Woods has. Exactly. Um, but the Rams are good. <laughs> also, Todd Gurley, really good. Yeah. Just just wanted to reiterate that, you know, I, I'm on record as saying that Todd Gurley is a good fantasy player. By the way, who's the backup running back on the Rams? Do you know? John Kelly. And who knows who John Kelly is besides you and I? I drafted him in Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> no, i hold on to him for a couple of years. That's the only reason I know, man. He's inactive so far each right. week. Why, why even activate him? Who cares? Man? Yeah, they've got Malcolm Brown, who they've actually gone to a bit this year. Uh, I believe he was on the Chargers before. Um, he was one of those like I- injury week you know, stars. Yeah. Uh, into San Francisco. They are going to the Chiefs. This is going to be a huge point game, guys. Start all your Chiefs. Start most of your Niners. Uh, Met Breda seems to be the guy. Dave, you misspelled his name. It is E before I. Okay. I I just guys. Uh, Dave is the most perfect grammatical person that I know. Oh, thank you. So I love the you know once every you know couple times a year I catch this. <laughs> so anyways, uh, he had I was a typing great, too fast. I guess. He had a great uh, game last week, and um, that means no copy paste involved here. He said that's true. That's very true. <laughs> That's proof of it there. <laughs> He's had 11 carries in each of the last two games. So what I see, what I saw last week was that they needed to give him more carries in the fourth quarter. Just like Jordan Howard needed to have more carries in the fourth quarter uh, of this last game. Now, both teams were able to go along to win, uh, you know, the Niners and the Bears. Um, but Breda looks like he should be the guy going forward. Cautionary tale, however. Alfred Morris will still get 10 to 12 carries in the game. He still leads the team in uh, attempts, uh, you know, rushing attempts. And he might even be the better between the tackles guy. But And Brita isn't super involved in the passing game. Only four receptions on the year so far. But he's the more explosive, more talented running back. I assume, uh, without looking at the snap count, that Morris has really dominated the snap count uh, over Brita. So, um, I actually don't know. I, I would say probably it's closer to, to 50% than you think. Okay. Um, but, yeah. But, I, you know, they, they play the Niners this week. Or, I'm sorry, they play the Chiefs this week. That's going to be great. Uh, Brita was kind of the hot running back pickup this week, so make sure you snatch him up if you don't have him. But, really, he should be in starting lineups, not just uh, being picked up off the wire. So, they're playing Kansas City, the Chargers, the Cardinals, a bunch of great matchups going forward for the 49ers. Hopefully we see Marquise Goodwin recover from his injury uh, and, and come back. I, I don't know that he's going to play this week, um, but by next week I expect him to be healthy and uh, I expect him to get back into the groove rather quickly. Yeah, I know we're short on time, but I was just interested to see where I uh, had him in the ranking. So just looking in a standard scoring league, uh, for example, I have Mr. I have, Brita? I have uh, Matt Breda at 21. So I have him above guys like uh, Philip Lindsay, uh, Rex Burkhead, Jamal Williams, James White. But okay. I, I do have him below guys like uh, Marshawn Lynch, Chris Thompson, Dalvin Cook, Lamar Miller. So I, I think he has a good chance of being a top 20 running back, which exactly like you said means that he should be in your lineup. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of points, so they're not going to necessarily be salting the game away. Uh, with the running game, but I still see him getting 15 touches in the game. No, the 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 very fact that here's a guy who 
um, who should be top 20, um, and, and he is probably unowned in a lot of leagues, means that you're missing out on an opportunity. Well, he was 66% going into waiver night. So in Yahoo leagues now, he's um, 79% owned. Okay. Well, people have made the good, the right decision then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good job, everyone. And then uh, Marquise Goodwin uh, will probably be coming back. But it's one of those things: is is it too early, or is it, or is it the right time? Because when he's, I'd probably on, not start him this week. When he's on, he's great. He is. Um, I like, so why like not I said, start him against the Chiefs? They're a team that doesn't have a defense. Just because of coming back from the injury, he tried to play through the injury in Week One and was completely ineffective. And he's coming back from the injury. It's not as if he started the week practicing in full. I generally agree with you, but I think this is like one of the best times to possibly start him. Okay. Just because of the matchup. Yeah, it is a very juicy matchup. You know you know what happens when people play the Chiefs, as demonstrated last week and the week before, is that all the teams involved are going to score a lot of points because they don't know how to play defense. Yeah, the Chiefs, <laughs> Chiefs have a defense problem, that's for sure. Same with the Bucks a little bit, right? That's, and the Steelers. It's just I love these teams. Let's score 50 points and uh, not tackle. Yeah, yeah. It's an all-star game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's move up the coast to Seattle. Um, they are 0-2. They lost to the Broncos. They lost to the Bears. They have not played a game at home yet, so they're going to be home hosting the Cowboys. That is uh, a good team to get healthy on, as they say. Um, so, Dave, I know everyone in fantasy football. I'm smart. Who the hell is Will Disley? <laughs> well, well, here's a guy who, who really shouldn't even be playing the tight end position. I, I don't... Really? <laughs> I, I think he, he previously was... Uh, is he a wide receiver? I, I think he was... Uh, he's like a linebacker or something. I don't know what the heck is going no on. No way. Anyway, uh, Will Disley had had really good numbers uh, in week two. He had decent numbers in week three. And he's a, a target for Russell Wilson, mostly because they have no Jimmy Graham. They have no Doug Baldwin. The only guy to throw to on that entire team is Tyler Lockett. And Tyler Lockett's being covered by uh, the number one defensive back on a and the number teams. two <laughs> for the first time in his in his career. And so Russell Wilson is the only playmaker on that team, uh, basically. And so it, it is really hard for him, and I, it's kind of sad to even watch the games because he just I think he feels really bad, but he can't do anything about it. So they do have Brandon Marshall right now, who only has seven catches for ninety yards in two games. He's not, you know. He's not the answer by any means. Which is why Will Disley is a, is someone who's fantasy relevant right now because he's yeah. a big target. Yeah, who Russell has to throw the ball to. Yeah, it's it's and he <laughs> and he has a touchdown in each game. Um, so what's going to happen? I assume is that Doug Baldwin will come back sometime soon, and uh, a little bit of order will, will be restored. But I believe Russell Wilson has been sacked. Six, 12 times total, he is sacked on 14.8% of his snaps. So they need an offensive line if they're going to do anything this year. Um, so, you know, poor Seattle, right? I really don't care. <laughs> well, maybe. I, I want to point out that I think Tyler Lockett is a really good target for someone to buy or, or, or to pick up uh, if he's on the waivers. I did pick him up on waivers over the past couple weeks, and he is the guy who is the best playmaker on that entire team except for Russell Wilson so you will see him be fantasy relevant every week I I don't see how he's not going to be you might want to just plug him in as a flex player but don't be surprised if he's if he has six targets for 80 yards and a touchdown because that's just I mean they're going to score touchdowns 
Yeah, right? and they're going to be playing backup and or like uh, garbage time. Who's going to score touchdowns? Well, Will Disley and Tyler Lockett. And Wilson's really good in garbage <laughs> time. He has five touchdowns on the year already. Yeah. Um, do you see anyone in the running game doing well? Um, I, I know that Chris Carson is technically the starter. Don't you have a dynasty team where you own everyone or something? I, I you did. I do have Rashad <laughs> Penny and Chris Carson on a team. Um, so and I had CJ Procise and Rashad Penny on another team. Procise, of course, is gone now. Penny is actually the leading uh, uh, rushing attempt guy on the team. Uh, he has the most touches as well, twenty-one. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do with a lot of work in the second half of the Bears game. I have a theory that Chris Carson was benched because Prince of Mokamara was on the radio today talking about how he read Chris Carson's sorry-ass route and then jumped it in the second half for that pick six. And I think that Chris Carson got benched because of that. Yeah, no, I can see that. The problem is I, I don't believe that the Seahawks have any good running backs right now. Okay. So don't even worry about them in fantasy. Are you going to start any of them? They're in dynasty, so I got to hold them. I'm not starting them. <laughs> I'm not saying anything bad about players that you're going to hold. Thank God for really deep benches in <laughs> dynasty. But who's going to start anybody right now? That... No, no, these guys aren't worth starting. I was starting Chris Carson only because it was the beginning of the year, and you don't know who to start yet. And like you said, they they benched Chris Carson, who's technically statistically the best running back on that team. And I'm zero two for in the, the entire where second I started half. Chris Carson. Ugh, that's terrible. But yes, Tyler Lockett, I think, will be good. But that team is disheveled and disorganized and not doing well. Yep. Uh, so you go to Arizona where uh, fantasy owners of David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald are rather upset that they're on a team that isn't gonna, going anywhere this year, isn't going to do anything <laughs> good. Uh, so the question to everyone is going to be, when are they going to start Josh Rosen? And I heard an argument on the radio today that was a good argument for sitting these guys. And that's that if all you're going to do is run for your life in the first part of the year, and, and this really can affect a quarterback at any point in their career, but if for an extended period of time you have to run for your life, the sort of mental clock in your head, the timer that tells you how long you have before you throw the ball, is going to get shorter and shorter and shorter, and some guys can't fix that. You see it with Eli Manning right now. He is running for his life and he is not playing very well. Um, it's going to happen to these guys. Credit to uh, um, one of my favorite, favorite uh, football guys for like 10 years or more. He was on the radio all day today, Hub Arkish. Uh, he does um, radio games, uh, color, com not color, but he's a sideline reporter on the radio. Uh, but, you know, lots of good insight from him. But basically, you know, what I see is from the Cardinals is a team with almost zero fantasy value, even though there are studs on this team. So, unfortunately for what's probably Larry Fitzgerald's last year, he's just not going to do very well uh, because the team is not very good. Um, and but I but I do agree with you, and I think that perhaps uh, they can kind of get it together later because I don't see uh, a situation in which the team in its current composition with Sam Bradford in under center. Um, and, and, you know, the current offensive line and everything the way it is, I don't see a team that's successful. And so the Cardinals might unfortunately be one of the worst teams of the year. Uh, David Johnson's still going to score fantasy points. I think the Bills have something to say about that. Ah, uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, do, you, but, do you think David Johnson should start on fantasy teams still? He's still going to score fantasy points. He's not going to, like, be benched on the Cardinals or anything. But 
the well, no, he won't be benched. But for example, I mean, this this is a week to week sort of situation. So uh, playing against the Bears, I would say no. However, in a PPR league, they just talked about getting David Johnson more targets. Uh, clearly, they're going to be rushing the passer, so you may see a game where David Johnson gets ten targets, where he would definitely be yeah valuable. a lot of dump offs. David Johnson, awesome nickname, according to Pro Football Reference, Humble Rumble. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, but I, I do feel bad for those guys who should be really great and now are not. So, uh, <laughs> but there will be some catalyst of change at some point, and uh, maybe that's Josh Rosen. Maybe that's uh, you know management leaving. I don't know what will happen. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. But uh, but that's all we have for today, folks. I believe uh, there are lineup questions and some other things to get to. Unfortunately, the broadcast has run long, but it's just because we're happy to see you. That's right. So join us next week. We'll say Wednesday, same time ish. Well, we'll we'll have to discuss that, but we'll try to do a weekly show from here on out. We'll let you guys know exactly when that will be. Uh, and uh, stay tuned to our site, drink5.com, where we have all sorts of cool stuff this year, including, of course, uh, weekly rankings, uh, the, uh, the statistics column uh, that Jason has, which is pretty great. Offering a I little, try to have fun there. A little comic relief and, and some, uh, some interesting uh, analytics every week. In addition to the Rookie Report by Sean Foss, uh, the Watch List column by Mike Mosrino. Uh, confidence pool picks from Tad Bukowski and everyone else who I'm forgetting I apologize it's wonderful content up there for you to check out so uh, thanks everybody thanks for listening drink five Dave we'll see you guys later <laughs>